And you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. You are joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Brett in the studio as well. Nikita in here. We've got producer Shell. And you guys listening as well. And we're always so thankful for our audience joining Mm. us, answering quiz questions, sending in thoughts and whatnot. Right now, it Mm. is time to get into our next quiz question. Yeah, so a simpler one this time, pretty small one. What is Esther's Hebrew name? So Mm. Esther from the book of Esther, had a Hebrew name. Esther was actually not her original name. What is that name? What's Esther's Hebrew name? So if you've got the answer to that one, 0491 text through your answer, mm. and um, go in the draw to win one of these two, or two, actually, excellent prizes. Mm. Um, God with us and God for us, mm-hmm. both these awesome books looking at the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. These are fantastic books. They are ones that you need. They are commentaries on mm. the book of John and getting into how it is that Jesus relates to us, how he journeys with us, how he knows us because of him as God mm. having a human experience as well. And again, that question was, what is Esther's Hebrew name? And you'll know the answer to that one if you know one of my good friends who I'm mm. in a group chat with and uh, hung out <laughs> with last Friday night, mm. you know, in a group of us, if you know if you know one of my good friends from down here in Avondale, that's her name. That's mm. Esther's, uh, Esther's Hebrew name, 0491 um, If you don't know that who that is, who that person is from those clues that I gave, I'm kind of actually relieved. If you're stalking mm. me, don't, please. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. We've also got a text in from Wayne. He says, good morning, Lawson and Brett and Nikita and Shell. You know, just good morning, everyone. Blessings. Mm. Um, does Jacob fall under what Pastor Justin was saying? Can we fall under what happened to Jacob when he wrestled with Jesus? Genesis mm. chapter 32 verse 28 and he said your name shall no longer be Jacob but Israel for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed I see myself struggling with God in day-to-day life yet I will not let go of Jesus I struggle with men with politics with other religions with the way the world is today they all they are all wanting worship Mm. yet I still prevail to exist and win I hold on on to Jesus um, am I not under the 12 tribes and the first fruits of Israel who followed the Lamb wherever he goes? Amen. Just my thought. And I think that, mm. that reference there, um, it, like it, it's a question, am I not under the 12 tribes? It's a reference to the 144,000 mm. in, in Revelation chapter uh, chapter 14 and 7 mm. and whatnot. Uh, look, I would say the, the reality is this. Is, you know, we're talking about struggles here with, with men, with politics, mm. other religions and, and whatnot. And I think... The biggest thing to to hold on to or to consider mm. in this battle that we're seeing in our world of of I, I would honestly just say unrighteousness mm. versus righteousness. Like it's difficult to see and to understand how that's playing out because mm. the characters in that battle are human. Yes, and so those who posture as righteous can end up unrighteous. Those who posture as unrighteous can end up righteous. Like yeah. there's all kinds of different directions we can end up and go. And it's, mm. it's, it makes things difficult to decipher when we don't have the word of God. Mm. And this is what's so clear is the Bible shows us what it looks like to be and to act and to live godly. Mm. Mm. Uh, the Bible shows us why the separation of church and state is such an important aspect yeah. of faith. The Bible shows us why it is that evangelism is so important, why it is, mm. you know, we're talking about the 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 United Methodist Church in, mm. in the States. We're talking about the directions they're going. The Bible shows us why the direction that they're heading is is 
wrong and unbiblical. Mm. Uh, the Bible shows us the truth, mm. and we are always just in need to come back to His words. You mm. know, I, I actually I got a text recently uh, from someone who listened to the show, and and they were we were just discussing theology and and how does it relate to Jesus and and whatnot. They sent through an email to me, and they said, "Are we Christians or are we Bibleists?" You know, <laughs> that that was the question there. Do we do we follow Christ or do we follow the Bible? And the answer is, we follow Christ through what the Bible says mm. because the Bible is His word. Yeah, the, and it's it's so clear. You know, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is mm. profitable for doctrine, for reproof, mm. for instruction in righteousness, mm. that the man of God may be complete and ready and equipped for every good work. That's Second mm. uh, Timothy, chapter three. There and ultimately, the Bible was given to us by mm. God. It's this thing that we can reflect on. It's how we, it's the lens that we see our world yeah. through. It, it unveils his character, right? Mm. The word, the word reveals God, and yeah. and is the greatest bulwark. Like like even the a story I like, if I can mm. go on a brief history tangent, yeah. is is the story of the actual canonization of the New Testament and yeah. how that actually happened. Because the reason that they they actually did that, the reason that the early church decided to get together and figure out which books, which letters were in the New Testament canon mm. is because there were all sorts of groups popping up with new scriptures that yeah. were kind of out there, kind of crazy. Um, like groups like the Gnostics and things yeah. like that. And, and the whole reason that it was assembled was a bulwark against heresy. Mm. Like the, the, the word of God, the New Testament canon was established to say, no, this is actually what we know was written by the apostles, what has a connection to the apostles. Um, these are the books that are universally accepted and have been in our church across our congregations for a very long time. And, um, you know, the word of God was able to speak for itself when they did that. They were able to really sort out the wheat from the chaff, you know. Mm. And I think there's something cool about that. Mm. Um, and that word is there. Mm. I, I like what you said, Wayne, about, um, you know, they're all wanting your worship. You know, there's, mm. all of the, there's a lot of idols in the world today. Yeah. But the word of God is our greatest safeguard against them yeah. because, you know, we can all get drawn into idols. Mm. I think thinking of things like politics, you know, we, we're in such a politically polarized landscape mm. that it's easy to veer to the left or to the right, depending on where your leanings are. Yeah. But not the answers in neither of those camps. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Jesus transcends both. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a really important distinction to make. He doesn't transcend both because he accepts everything they do. You know? mm. And I feel like that's sometimes when, when people use the word transcend and Jesus transcending culture and whatnot, mm. I think usually from more progressive theologians, that's how they kind of apply yeah. that idea of, oh, Jesus ascends, God, Jesus ascends, ascends, ascends. And when mm. they're trying to make a point that actually everything's acceptable and everything's no, fine. I more mean that he's above and beyond. That's right. Like and this, what, what, what our political systems try to make as solutions yes, for our problems. Yes. Jesus is so much beyond that. That's right. He is so much above that. And he, his, his way is completely different. That's right. Jesus is speaking to a reality and an issue that is mm. that far supersedes the future of nations. Mm. Uh, he's speaking to the eternal destiny of mm. humanity, and he speaks to that clearly and concisely mm. with with sta- with the way ultimately. And that's, mm. that's how Christians identify themselves: the way. They're mm. like, yes, we have the way, and what, what, what is that way going to? It's towards God. It's mm. towards heaven. It's towards Christ. It's the way that Jesus Himself walked. Mm. And the call for us is to walk in the same way, to do likewise. Like yeah. this is this has been the call for us. Um, yeah, you know, as Jesus traveled and preached and taught, mm. and you know, he wouldn't baptize, but he would command his disciples to baptize before mm. he leaves. Matthew twenty-eight, he commands us to do the same. Like mm. we just need to look at Jesus as our example mm. and ask the question: Like, well, yeah, bit cliche. What would Jesus do? 
Mm. But in the realist, in the realist sense, mm. in the realist sense of, hey, how, not just like I've come to a situation of my own devising and how do I get myself out of it by being like Jesus or potentially picking a good option that Jesus would probably pick. It's mm. no, from the outset, living a life like Christ. Yeah. So important. Hey, thanks for that text, Wayne. And guys, if you have thoughts, our number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We're going to get into a Bible study. And again, mm. if you have any thoughts on, on what we're saying, you know, we can you know put some questions out there. You can let us know how you're feeling this morning on this bright Monday morning. Quite warm mm. here, actually, in, in Newcastle. It's really nice. I went for a swim, like I said. Said mm. earlier in the show, and luckily the pool's heated too. But it's outdoor pool, you know. When I, uh, mm. you know, st- stripped off and got into my into my into my you know swimming shorts and yeah. whatever, ready to go. It was a bit 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 chilly, but mm. as soon as jump in the pool, just mate, getting it done. Good. good stuff. Hey, we're gonna get into the book of Psalms. Do you want to head to for us to Psalms 118? Psalm 118. Our overarching topic for this week: Blessed is he who comes in the name of mm. the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We are very much looking at Jesus in Mm. the Psalms. Psalm 118. Do you want to read for us verse 22 through to 24? Let's do it. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. Oh, that that just reminds me of the the song, the yeah. the children's song. Yeah, this, this is, is the day. day. Yeah. You have kids, so bro. Good. You know what it's like. I do. Oh, that's yeah. so good. They love it. Yeah. Hey, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Mm. Who are we talking about here? Jesus. We're talking about Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there is an overwhelming number of instances in which Christ is reflected mm. in the Psalms, and we're going to be exploring mm. those this week. And I think it's going to be it's going to be powerful to see how mm. the Psalms actually relates to Jesus. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. Connect with us on zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. Let's talk about cornerstones for a bit. Mm. Are you a builder? Have you ever done any building? I'm not a builder, but yeah, I'm aware of the importance of cornerstones. Yeah, like just that's in, right. Especially the building of arches. Yeah. Um, now, we're, yeah. we're talking about ancient architecture here. Yeah. You know, ancient building, you know, the idea of cornerstones. is Like here in, in Australia, you want to build a house. First thing mm. you do, you, you get your land and you mm. flatten everything out. You lay your slab and then mm. you build from there. The the way that that would be done, you know, that first step of, of finding a place to lay a slab, mm. clearing it out and then laying it. Over in Israel, in the time in which this was written, we're talking, mm. you know, Psalm 118, potentially a thousand years before Christ, so about three thousand mm. years ago. The primary way in which to build, particularly small structures, mm. was to, and even bigger structures as well, but particularly mm. small structures, was to find a big rock. You find it, you get a big rock, <laughs> hmm. and from that cornerstone, you build from there. You hmm. start to, like, that will act as a particular corner of the house, yeah. and you start to build rock walls going, you know, each hmm. direction and hmm. and build things up. And, and the way that they would build the house in terms of tension points and whatnot hmm. and load would be to load up that chief cornerstone mm. uh my my dad he's a he's a boilermaker by trade but mm. now he works as a project manager quoting jobs and mm. and whatnot and you know he talks about tension and load and and all these things because he's working in construction yeah you know when he's uh 
designing the buildings and and yeah, we're either all working with cranes and whatnot, like mm. tension and and all of those things. Load is such a huge factor of mm. of building and design in particular. Um, making sure that you've got a design that's you know lives up to stress tests and whatnot. Very mm. much it depends on materials and everything, but really your design. If you can load the building in the right way, if you mm. can make sure load is dispersed and even and and whatnot, or you know put into the right places, yeah. then it stays firm, it stays solid, and the house doesn't, or the house, or the building, or you know, for my in my dad's case, whether it's like massive grain silos or coal bins, or mm. or uh, recently he's been doing a job rebuilding a bunch of refurbishing a bunch of train stations, wow. uh, running a project doing that. That's cool. Um, which is you know it's been really interesting. He's been just traveling up and down between here and between here and by here. I mean Newcastle, Newcastle and mm. Sydney, checking things out. He uh, yeah. Just really considering load. It's, it's such a big aspect. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, if your load's in the right place, your building stays strong. Yeah. And Jesus here, you know, the chief cornerstone um, in which we, uh, we, we put our load on. Mm. You know, we, we, we bring, we put our burdens on, you know. Mm. Uh, I, I think of that verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, ye who are weary and heavy laden, and yeah. I will give you rest. Now, Jesus in that verse actually talks about putting a yoke Mm. on us uh but it's it's just the care but he says of himself he says my burden is easy mm. and my yoke is light yeah and that's because he takes he's our bearing burdens. the load that's right, right. he is yeah. we, that's actually that's another cool illustration the mm. illustration of the yoke right yeah uh, and how like you yoke two ox together they would mm. till the grain they would pull the plow yeah. and you would yoke a strong oxen with a weak oxen you know mm. rather than two strong oxen and two weak ox uh, oxens you would mm. yoke them together they're like strong and the weak and jesus says hey my yoke is light yeah, I'm bearing the load here. Yeah, because he's doing all the work, really. That's right. That, that's the thing. And like, well, I love the um. There's so much in scripture that when you really mm. look into it, there's like multiple meanings to mm-hmm. one thing, and that's the beautiful thing about the cornerstone, right? There is the fact that it's the load bearing, you know, and that Jesus is bearing all of our loads. He's he's central to everything, but also without the cornerstone, the entire structure falls apart. Mm. And that that's just making me think of what we talked about with the United Methodist Church and mm. things like that. You start to take. Christ and his word out of the churches and the churches fall apart. Mm. Um, almost every church that I'm aware of that started to, to go along with these modern trends, um, they really, like, to, to actually do that, they thought it would gain them more numbers, right? will be more relevant, mm. will be more relatable mm-hmm. to society. Mm-hmm. The opposite has happened. They've, they've speeded, like, they've speeded along their decline. And, like, the decline of churches are an issue across the West of, of congregations, both conservative and liberal in that sense. But, mm. you know, it's interesting that without the cornerstone, you, your whole structure starts to fall apart. Mm. And, um, you know, that was certainly true, I think, of Judaism when when mm. Christ came, right? They put him... I'm, I'm thinking as well of uh, what Wayne was saying about idols in our previous uh, segment. At the end of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the whole lot of them in Israel at the time, put the Messiah in a box. They knew what they, 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 knew what they expected from mm. the Messiah. And when Jesus mm. didn't do what they thought, which is get rid of the Roman Empire, yeah, then... He didn't fit that box, mm. and they threw the whole thing out, That's and right. it didn't work well. And Jesus even gives a parable that reflects this in terms of a change of a culture and wrong motivations mm. in Mark chapter 12, and this is where he would quote this mm. psalm and say, you know, the, the, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief mm. cornerstone. Mark chapter 12, he gives the parable of the wicked vine dressers here. This is a powerful story. Mm. And if we're, we're talking about changing culture, changing ideals, and a rejection of what God has given, like this is 
the perfect example of this parable. Do you want to start for us? Hmm. In Mark chapter 12, let's start reading in verse 1. Let's do it. Then he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a place for the wine vat and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them another servant, and at him they threw stones, wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully treated. And again, he sent another, and him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. Therefore, having one son, his beloved, he also sent him to them last, saying, They will respect my son. But those vine dressers said amongst themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine dressers and mm. give the vineyard to others. Have you not even read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Mm, let's stop there. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. Say. So, this parable he tells of the vine dresses. Mm. Yeah, we can start to make some applications quite quickly mm. here, mm. Um, because you've got you've got the man planting the vineyard. This is a representation of God, mm. right? Uh, you've got the vine dressers, those who have been given responsibility over mm. the vineyard. Who does this represent? Well, look, I think these are the the, the leaders, right? Mm. The people in control. Mm-hmm. And in the sense, they're the ones who are rejecting the cornerstone, mm. right? When we're, when we're applying this scripture. So the people who've been given charge of the vineyard, mm-hmm. I, I think the religious leaders of the time, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. yeah. I, I, would, I would go as far to say not just the religious leaders of the time, but Israel in its entirety mm. and throughout its history. Because the point that it's making is it keeps sending people. Mm. Keep sending people. We referenced that scripture before, Matthew mm. 23. You know, you who killed, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed mm. the prophets uh, yeah, and stoned point. those who were sent to you. We see here, like, throughout Israel's history, as many times as they would go astray, God would send people there. Mm. He would send messengers there to 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 make to take account, well, mm. to give messages, but also to take account. Yeah. The primary work of prophets in the Old Testament in particular was not just to tell the future, mm. but rather to lead people back to God. Mm. Like this was the big thing, is to help people to focus on God, to lead them back to God. And mm. They would show up, you know, again, Jews who have been given this, and it's not just Jews, it's the Israelites, mm. who have been given this nation by God, who have been given mm. this special and and holy mission by God to be the deliverers of the Messiah. Mm. Um, they've been, and with that, they have, as a micronation, been afforded, and a micro-ethnicity compared to those who are around, mm. been afforded so many protections and blessings. Absolutely. Uh, to, you know, to be looked after and, and, mm. and whatnot so that they could complete their mission. And their mission was, you know, to ultimately to make the, the vineyard or to make mm. their nation a blessing to the world. Yeah, to be a light to the world, yeah. basically. Yeah. And and yet, they were failing their mission. And when prophets came to take account, when prophets came mm. to give messages here, they would kill them. They would mm. stone them. They would reject them. Um, and you know, treat them awfully. And there's plenty mm. of stories. You know, I think of the story of Elijah or Elisha or mm. or you know Nehemiah. I think there's so many, so many of these stories of these mm. prophets who were who were disrespected or who, at the very least, disrespected at the most, killed. Yeah, for what they were preaching. And uh, and then finally, he sends his son. Mm. Like God, God comes down. 
himself. Mm. You know, the Son of God comes down uh, to to take account. And it's what's so funny about this is, like, they, you know, he says, oh, he, they, they kill the Son, you know, in malice. They kill the Son. Um, and, and then he quotes here, he quotes the psalm that we just read. He quotes Psalm 118 mm. in verses 10 and 11 here. And what's so funny, we come to verse 12. Like he says, basically, you, your nation is guilty of rejecting God and killing his prophets, mm. trying to convict them of this. Verse 12, it says, and they sought to lay hands on him, but he feared, the, but they feared the multitude, for they knew he'd spoken a parable against them. So they left him and went away. Mm. They heard him speak that. They said, he's mm. talking about us. He's mm. condemning violence. Let's be violent. Yeah. <laughs> like They're like, we want to commit violence mm. against Christ. We want to perpetuate. Well, they're ultimately proving the mm. words of Jesus yeah. correct. And so I think that here there's such a message for us as well. Um, are we going to accept Jesus as our cornerstone? Are we going to stand on him? Or are we going to let mm. sin and violence take over? This is the big question for us. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hey, Brett, it's time for our final quiz question. Let's do it. So, number five, Isaiah says to speak comfortably to what city and cry unto her? Mm. So, Isaiah says to speak comfortably to what city and cry unto her? Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And if you answer that question correctly, you go into the draw to mm. win an amazing prize. We've got God with us and God for us. Tell yeah. us about them. Yeah, well, basically we're looking at John. So God with us looks at John 1 to 12. They're both commentaries. They're both really in-depth, exhaustive studies of John. Um, and then God for us goes into the second half of the book. And yeah, basically we're looking at Jesus Christ, who he is, how his role is revealed very clearly in John. I mean, John John is the basis of the Trinity doctrine, right? Like mm. the idea of in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, it's really quite cool. And, yeah, basically we're looking at timeless truths and how they can apply to us today. So mm. it's really worth a look. God with us and God for us by James W. Gilley. Mm, absolutely. You know the answer to that one. 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, Isaiah says to speak comfortably to what city and cry unto her. Again, guys, you want these prizes. They're amazing. They will be mm. a blessing to you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And now we're going to jump into some more Psalms, you know, talking about mm. Jesus, getting into who he was, what he would do. Let's pick it up in Psalm 23. So Psalm 23 is a classic. Mm. It is... Actually, the first Bible verse I memorized. Ah, okay. Had a major role in me becoming a Christian. Psalm 23, 1. Mm. Is that what we're talking about here? Just There's, Psalm 23 in general. There is a mm. powerful song here. Maybe producer Shell can get it in there. Psalm 23 by the corner room is, mm. is a power, powerful, a powerful song. Mm. Just literally just recounting the scripture here. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. I shall not want. Mm. Surely you can continue on with the passage yeah. there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, mm. for you are with me. My rod and my staff, you comfort me. Mm. They prepare a table. Uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. Powerful stuff. Mm. There, simple. Six verses here. Mm. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He l- makes me lie down in green pastures. It's mm. so interesting that 
God would be referred to as a shepherd, and that mm. would be such a position of like re- revealing the love of God. Yeah, because well, he's with us, yeah. constantly, right? Like that's what uh, it always surprises me in some ways that this psalm is used a lot of the time for funerals. That's mm. its most common use in the mm-hmm. the Christian world because it's really about now. Yeah, it's about in our trials, in our temptations, in our good times, in our bad times. God is with us. He's mm. walking alongside us. He is guiding us. He is looking out for us. Yeah, He is the good shepherd. This is like if, if I was a, a Syrophoenician, or oh, maybe maybe not a Syrophoenician, but like if I was a Babylonian mm. or an Assyrian living during the time that this was written, mm. and I was to read this verse in the opening line, the Lord, like so Yahweh. It's like mm. they were reading that. It's like okay, Yahweh. Uh, is my shepherd. Mm. I would probably start laughing. I'd probably start laughing and being like, are you guys serious? Like, your God is a shepherd? Mm. Shepherds were one of the most lowly jobs. Like, I just, it was it was the job of the low class. Mm. And it was very much, it was one of the most popular, one of the more popular jobs in Israel. Mm. They were definitely a shepherding nation. Yeah. Uh, they also grew vineyards and whatnot, but... Uh, yeah, they they were more known as shepherds than they weren't really merchants. They weren't yeah. really this or that or the other. Uh, no, they were they were known primarily as shepherds. Yeah, and to say that the Lord is anything but you know the king or yeah. or the ruler or the guardian or something. The status is put down pretty low, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like in terms of the the society at the time, shepherds were not well regarded. They mm. were poor. They were dirty. They were wanderers. You know. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And so the Lord is my shepherd here is a powerful verse. It's mm. an incredible verse because it really gets to the heart of, well, firstly, like God humbling himself mm. to come down, to dwell with us, yeah, to experience life with us, to, you know, again, deal with us as shepherds deal with sheeps, mm. like sheep, sheep, I should sheep, say, not sheeps. sheeps. Yeah, yes. that's right. Um, to deal with us as as God deals with sheep who are mm. like, just, sheep are just so dumb, bro. They are. Oh, they're so <laughs> silly, man. They're such silly little animals. Mm. Um, and yet the shepherd goes out of his way to, to walk with the sheep, to mm. guide the sheep, to look after the sheep, to make sure the sheep are well-fed yeah. and, and well-nourished and whatnot. We are as helpless. Mm. We are as helpless. You know, sheep, like, kind of prove, like, the need Mm. for human intervention in the natural space. Yeah, the helplessness of humanity in some ways. Yeah. Because, like, one one thing I was going to mention is that often gods are referred to as kings, right? Mm. And you're right, our own god is referred to as the king. And fundamentally, the role of a king and a shepherd is supposed to be very similar, Mm. right? They're supposed to look out for their flock, for their people. They're meant to be their protectors. That's the purpose of a king. The king isn't just there to be cooler than everybody else. The king is supposed to be there to look out for and protect and guide everybody else. Mm. Um, but kings often extort their people. They often abuse their power. Yeah. There's ma- there's many instances of kings going pretty corrupt, pretty selfish, just living off the excesses. A shepherd doesn't have that luxury. A shepherd mm. may grow frustrated with his sheep. Like I've, n- I've never been a, a shepherd. I've never dealt with sheep myself, but I grew mm. up on a cattle farm. And, you know, man, you got frustrated with the cattle sometimes. You'd be mm. on the motorbike herding them. They'd be heading straight towards the gate. And then the one jerk in the front turns off suddenly just before they're there. And you've, you've got to try to get them all back. It's pretty mm. hectic. Um, and I'd imagine, like, God could get shut. <laughs> God yeah. is our shepherd, right? He gets pretty frustrated with us yeah. sometimes, veering off at the last minute. You know, yeah. we, we make some, we certainly do our own things. But, um, yeah, there's this beautiful notion of he guides them very selflessly. He's yeah. not really getting anything from yeah. us by protecting us and stuff. We're probably frustrating him sometimes, mm. but he loves us and he wants to look after us. Yeah, and then sometimes like those sheep who get lost. You know, those she- have you seen those sheep who like will get lost for a couple of years mm. and they'll find them and they're way like 
double their regular weight because they've grown mm. so much wool and they can't see and they're, mm. everything about them is just like messed up. And then they get them back and they shear them and they, you know, get them back into tip-top shape mm. again and and whatnot. Like, we end up in the same way. Mm. They rely on their shepherd. Like, yeah. yeah, sheep are hopeless by themselves. <laughs> like, they're just, like, just, and, and like, they, because they can't, clip their own wool like yeah. they, they can't clip their own they can't nope. shear their own wool they can't fit that you know they can find water on the ground and mm. whatnot but when when sheep go homeless like they get into a state of just like they're living but they're dead yeah essentially they're, they're just that that's it that's their existence they're no. like they, they go blind pretty quickly and just simply yeah. from having their eyes covered and by the amount of things that wool. can live in their thick wool when it's yeah. overgrown and that are very bad for yeah. them the fact that some can they can just get caught in bushes and things and yeah. just starve to death like that when they wander off the path, it doesn't work well for them. Absolutely. But mm. God is our shepherd. He is, he is working in our experience. He is viewing us as sheep who struggle, who go astray, mm. but leading us back to green pastures, to still waters, restoring mm. our soul to the paths of righteousness and for his name's sake. It mm. is power. He is saying, like, seeing sheep come back to the fold, mm. you know, in when we are coming back to his fold, he says, mm. like, yes. Like, this represents my name. This represents my mm. character and my identity. The mm. transformation of people, the change in people's hearts mm. when they have an experience with me. Mm. This is what he is wanting to do for you. This is how he's acting as a shepherd. And mm. furthermore, like, Jesus himself would apply this. In John chapter 10, he'd say, I am the good shepherd. The mm. good shepherd gives life to his sheep. Mm. But a hireling... He who is not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leads the sheep and flees. And the Mm. wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Hiling flees. He's all hiling. He does not care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep Mm. and I am known by my own. Mm. He says here, hey, I'm, I'm I'm not a hiling. You know, I don't represent the beliefs of deism, a God Mm. who sets the world in order and just leaves. No, no, I am God with you. Like I am with you. I'm journeying with you. It's powerful stuff. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And right now, it is time to only... Mm. Don't give answers. We want some answers. That's right. Yeah, well, we're giving them. We, well, you're right. Actually, the people want answers. answers. The people we, want answers. We actually we know what the answers are. Like we all do the know time. what the answers like, are. Like, but the people need yeah. answers for our quiz questions. I, I was Please, just trying to Brett. be dramatic, Lawson. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Um, all right. Pay cut. First... No, nah, just kidding. <laughs> just joking. The all right. first question: What is the fourth book of the Bible? The answer is numbers. Numbers. Would you believe if I said that? What the what the fourth book of the Bible is? I would believe numbers. It. Yeah, numbers. Yeah, absolutely. So number four is numbers. Yeah, that's right. And of course, it's the narrative of numbering Israel mm. you know, and and uh, seeing who was there and establishing the different tribes yeah. and their groups and whatnot. Yeah. And then number two, what was Jesus's first public miracle? Yeah, uh, the, the wedding at Cana. The wedding at Cana, um, turning the water into wine. Yeah, you know, famous story. And it would be he was about thirty years old when mm. he did that miracle. Around that time, he was baptized as well. Yeah, and it would it would mark the beginning of his ministry. Mm. And yeah, him as a, as a figure. And you know, it was the, in that period of time he would do these miracles and then charge people to tell no one, and then you know, go go from there, and mm. and then uh, and then from there, just you know, gaining more and more disciples. And yeah, whatnot. yeah. Now, this next question was a little bit controversial in the sense that we got... It, not, controversial is probably not the right word. But lots it of was, people answered it wrong. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of people trying to figure it out. It was a tough one. Even Pastor Justin said that. Um, so the question was, which of the following objects was not used by James as an analogy for the tongue? And the answers, the possible answers, were a horse's bit, 
the helm of a ship, a double-edged sword, or a fire? Now, the answer is actually C, a double-edged mm. sword. Yeah. So now I know that's going to be that's going to be like one where people are like, oh, but hang on, I'm sure there's an association between the tongue and a sword. Yeah, like, that's right. And and the clearest yeah. verse there, the clearest indication, in the book of Revelation, where the Bible says like a, a sword mm. proceeded from the mouth of Christ. Yes. Um, himself. Yeah. Hebrews four twelve also says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword. Mm. So there's a sense of the word, but that's the word of God. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's also there was one in Proverbs. There is uh, Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but mm. the tongue of the wise brings healing. So there's implications that there could be a, a relevancy of the tongue with the sword, but certainly mm. not from James. Yeah, where he, so, he writes here, he says when we, he, he's talking about the tongue. Mm. Uh, he talks about using the tongue. He says here, when we put bits into horse's mouth, that's the first one there, mm. um, to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or when we take mm. ships... Um, as an example, although they are so large and driven by a st- strong wind, they are steered by a very small rudder where, mm. wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body when it makes boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on mm. fire by mm. a small spark. The tongue is also, as the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Mm. It corrupts the whole body sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. So there's mm. some advice given there, you know, and then the, the answer there is bridle the tongue. Mm. Uh, that's the, 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 uh, the encouragement yeah. that James gives is, hey, bridle your tongue before God, fall before mm. him, be used by him. Mm. So there you go. So once again, that answer was C, a double-edged sword. Um, question four, what is Esther's Hebrew name? And the name of Lawson's friend? Yeah. Hadassah. Hadassah, yeah, Hadassah. yeah. Shout out Hadassah in the Bible. Shout out Hadassah, my friend. Mm. Uh, yeah, beautiful yeah. name. It is a nice Fantastic. name. Mm. Yeah. And lastly, Isaiah says to speak comfortably to what city and cry unto her? Mm. The answer is Jerusalem. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, the city of Jerusalem. Yeah, Jerusalem, that's right. And, and it was Jerusalem as a city was Isaiah here. When he's writing, he's writing, you know, preceding the, the eventual Babylonian um, mm. uh, captivity and whatnot. And we read Psalms earlier in our, you know, study through the Psalms in, in some earlier weeks talking about them in captivity. Mm. And they would ask them questions like, sing songs of Jerusalem, sing songs of Zion. Mm. And it's because it was really the objective of what the Jews were looking for at that point, mm. a home, a place where they were called to be uh, the light of the world. And it's unfortunately that, yeah. you know, as we reflect in our Bible study today, from there, when they were given Jerusalem, that they would use it mm. to misrepresent God and they wouldn't use yeah. it to uplift God. But, uh, but hey, you know, God gave them the city of Jerusalem mm. in order to enable them to eventually bring forth the Son of God. And mm. and now, as Jesus says, you know, do, we don't need to worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but we worship mm. God in spirit, spirit and, and in truth. truth. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Mm. You're joined by myself, Lawson, got Brett in the studio, got hey, Nikita, hey. got DJ Shell getting it done as well. Mm. We're super blessed to have had the show with you, and we've just raced through this, bro. We have, yeah. Mate. It's it's amazing. We always come to the end of the line so quickly mm-hmm. um, and have so much fun in the process, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So huge blessing, guys. And, of course, we've enjoyed spending time with you as well mm. over the air. And I've got something to give away, as we do at the end of the show, give away something for free every time. Ooh. I've got a book here. It's called Life is Good. 
that that's a message that I propagate wholeheartedly. Is life is good. And the reason life is good is because of Christ. Now, this is mm. actually it's called Life is Good, The Best is Yet to Come by William G. Johnson. And this is getting into, hey, the difficulties that we face, um, the struggles that we might have, the evils of this world, and mm. the reality that God and, well, yeah, through, through Christ, through his sacrifice, and through his mm. continual working in this world, is finding a way um, to bless us mm. despite this, and and not just bless us whether it be monetarily or you mm. know we might have cha- monetary challenges, we might have challenges with our health, mm. but we have the ability to relate to God, to mm. know Him personally, and that is why life is good. and And this will get into that. Hey, if you need a if you need a kickstart in your own life, mm. be the first person to text through book at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and you'll get this for free. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine thanks for joining us guys stay tuned to amazing programming on faith fm and remember to talk faith to live faith and to act faith and you'll grow strong in jesus christ god be with you till we meet again god be with you till we meet again by his counsel's guide uphold you with the sheep securely fold you For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.